God bless you tonight. Thank you for joining us at Life Shape for our Life Shape Prayer and Discipleship. This is coming to you uh, uh, live right now. Uh, you may be watching it recorded or watching it in some uh, nation, uh, you know, even on DVDs, because we're just sending out uh, packages. We're getting ready, sending out whole packages of uh, books and DVDs to leaders all around the world and all around our community. And uh, however you're watching this right now, I want you to know that God has a plan for your life. He will succeed, and he needs you to participate. He needs a little bit of help. And tonight we're going to add one more building block to our life. And uh, uh, I, I, I pray as well that if, if, you, you know, uh, if you would like to get more preaching and teaching, look around there on our website at churchonline.tv, okay? Or myonlinetv.net, either one of those websites, or you can access it through cotr.com, okay? And uh, if you'll look around there, you'll find some messages, Sunday morning messages. You'll find some other messages on salvation. You'll also find messages on salvation in nine different languages that we have recorded here in our church, in our studio. Nine languages that we have the gospel of Jesus Christ being preached in on our, on our website, from our website. And as well, you can also access daily devotionals from our website uh, in seven different languages. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, we're reaching the world together, and you're a big part of that. Wherever you are in the world, God bless you. Whatever uh, language that is, is your national language of speaking, if you don't find it there, uh, you know, in, in the gospel of Jesus Christ somewhere there, or, or, or in, uh, uh, being preached or else in, in written form and daily devotionals, uh, just hold on. Uh, no doubt we'll be getting to it as soon as we can. It's a big project, but we are continually. In fact, just this past, uh, I think, two weeks, we added Burmese. Uh, we, we, we found a man in our community that preached the gospel of Jesus Christ in our community in the, in the Burmese language. And uh, he has a Sunday night service over here in Beaumont. And, and we just, by happenstance, uh, got to meet him and ran into him and found out that he was a preacher, a pastor. I asked him, do you know anyone that preaches in Burmese? He said, yes, I'm a pastor. And I, preached. I said, well, okay. We hooked him up. He came into our studios and preached the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can go online and listen. Uh, if you have not, if, 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 if our home folks or you um, have not gotten a chance to go on uh, to churchonline.tv and, and look under salvation, under on our salvation channel, uh, do so and, and listen to some of these languages. They are amazing how they're preaching the same gospel of Jesus Christ in their native tongue. Uh, it's, just, it's just wonderful, okay? God bless you. Thanks for joining us, okay? And tonight, our life-shaped prayer and discipleship, uh, we are beginning a new module, module three tonight. And module three, uh, uh, our, our first module was redemption. We talked about redemption, our second module, we talked about new creation realities. What do you get when you get born again? Well, tonight we're starting module three, 12 lessons on new creation responsibilities. Uh, you know, in reality, new creation realities, what do I get when I get saved? Well, new creation responsibilities, you know, is, is, is the next step in growth. Now it's not about what I get, but now it's about what I should do. What should I give to the equation of Christ having saved my soul and left me on planet earth in his kingdom to advance and enhance all that he's doing in the earth? What are my responsibilities? So that's why new creation responsibility tonight. And tonight, the specific subject is a subject of lordship. New creation responsibilities, block one, lordship, okay? And uh, uh, this week, uh, beginning this third module, uh, you know, we have committed one year to consistent prayer 
and discipleship. And for those of you watching, we just had our time of prayer based on 2 Chronicles 7.14. I encourage you at least each week and hopefully each day, you will set aside some time to humbly seek the Lord for what he wants you to do, as well as turning from your own ways to his ways each day, and then watch what he will do. If we will, he will. He will hear from heaven, he will forgive our sin, and he will heal our land. Yes, he will. Okay? If you're having trouble believe that, believing that, go to churchonline.tv and look at this last week's message Okay, uh, entitled Good News. And uh, that should fix your problem in believing what the Word of God says. All right. Uh, tonight, our key scriptures. We have two key scriptures for tonight. Are you ready for our key scriptures tonight? There's two of them. One of them is Luke 6:46, in dealing with the subject of lordship and the topic of lordship. Uh, Jesus said this, but why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things which I say? Wow, pretty straight, huh? Why do you call me Lord and not act like I'm your Lord? <laughs> That's what he's saying. And in Matthew 7 and verse 21, Jesus again saying this, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but rather he who does the will of my Father in heaven. It's more than just a confession. Okay? It takes you know, us doing some things. And that's why we're stepping into module three, new creation responsibilities. Thus far in our Life Shape Prayer and Discipleship series, we've studied uh, uh, and discovered some very basic truths of the Bible. Some of these truths which should be established in the heart of every believer because we need to be a true reflection of what God is doing in the earth. The world needs a clear witness of what a Christian is and what a Christian is not. And we need to be a true reflection of what Christ is doing in our life. And in order for us to be that true reflection, we have to have some truths established and firm and being reflected through our life. And, and so as we studied module one, uh, we found out that there is one God, only one God. God is not in competition with other religions. Uh, Christianity is not a competitive religion. We're not competing with the world. We're not competing with other gods or other religions. There is only one God, and he is almighty God, the author, the sustainer of the universe. And as well, we found out that man was created by God in God's image. We are made like God and will live forever. The only question is just where. And uh, we talked as well in module number one about sin and sin's power to separate us from one another another, from God, from the blessings God intended for us on planet earth, and from an eternity uh, that he also intended for us to live with him forever and ever. Sin separates us. We also found out about the virgin birth of the Son of God, Messiah to the Jews, Savior of the world. We also learned about the life, death, burial, and resurrection of this Messiah, Jesus the Christ, the Lord and Savior, Son of God and Son of Man. We also studied salvation, which comes by grace through faith as we trust in God, the grace and the goodness of God, not because he has to, but because he wants to. He saves our soul and we are born again. We also talked about water baptism. Water baptism is very important. In fact, just this week, our congregation enjoyed uh, a water baptism of so many people again. Once again, you know, we believe in water baptism. It is a very important step in the believer's life. And uh, what water baptism does, it's important to know that as a believer and be firmly established as as well as we talked about the infilling, indwelling of the Holy Spirit in our lives and how the Holy Spirit baptizes us with a power to be a witness. 
Once we are redeemed from sin, every born-again believer steps into, as I said earlier, new creation realities. We step into a new reality just like whenever a child is born out of the womb into the world, all of a sudden it opens up some new opportunities and some new realities. And our new creation realities, once we are born again, you know, we receive a new nature. We talked about that. We talked as well about having access to grace, having access to power, and having access to the provision of God in our life. Because we are born again, it's a reality that we have access to God, to His grace, to provision, to power. We have access as a child of God because it is the will of God that takes effect in our life. And also we talked about even angels being dispatched, angels on assignment to watch over us, guide us, protect us, and lead us simply because we are children of the Lord. And God says that that angels are assigned to us. You know, they hearken to the voice of the Lord to do his bidding, and they watch over us who are heirs of salvation. Isn't that great? Well, the first two modules, as I said, covered salvation and what we get when we're born again. And now, module number three, new creation responsibilities. And uh, what, what is required of us? What is our responsibility to God since we have been born again? It's not we work and try to please God so that we can be born again, but rather we work and try to please God because we have been born again. Okay? It's a different perspective, but that's the perspective that God has given us. By this time, each one of you who have been teaching these lessons or following these lessons, you should be saved, okay? You should already be water baptized, filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, and growing in your new nature. And thus far, uh, your Christian experience has rightly been all about you, okay? That's reasonable. It's reasonable. Thus far in your experience, if you have just gotten born again and, and you're water baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit and growing in your new, in your new nature, uh, by right and reason, God has ordained it that your Christian experience up until some point should be all about you. It should be in what you get and how God blesses you. Just like a baby being born into this world for a season, it's all about them. For a season, it's about their needs and their wants and their desires, desires and what they need in order to just to uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, be, um, uh, have the opportunity to grow in this life. And uh, uh, it's, it's time now, however, to grow up in Christ and to begin to take on some personal responsibilities for the kingdom of God. And for this reason, our first life block lesson in module three will teach us the new creation responsibility of lordship. I believe this is the number one responsibility that a new believer needs to embrace as they begin to grow up into Christ. As you begin to grow up, you need to know who is Lord in my life. And what does that mean? It's something that can change your life. You see, a lordship is a concept that is foreign to many believers. It is not often taught, not well taught, and not strongly taught in much of Western Christianity because lordship kind of runs against the grain of our independent attitude, of our quest for freedom. And so in the Western uh, uh, Christianity, uh, you know, lordship is not something that is strongly taught, not widely taught, not commonly heard. Uh, However, we need to begin to learn about this topic, about this subject, about this principle, about this truth of lordship because it is 
I believe, arguably, the most powerful thing that a Christian can embrace, the most powerful thing that a believer needs to put in their life is this truth of lordship. To begin, we're going to turn to a scripture of Revelation chapter 19. Revelation chapter 19 is at the end of the Bible, and it gives us a glimpse of the future. It gives us a glimpse of something that is not yet come to pass. And so we begin reading in verse 11 of Revelation chapter 19, and uh, we begin as I'm reading from the New King James Version. Now I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judged and makes war. His eyes were like flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no one knew except himself. Verse 13. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, clean and white, followed him on white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword that with it he should strike the nations, and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. You see, this passage, as I said, gives us a glimpse into the future in something that has not yet come to pass, and it gives us a glimpse and it absolutely confirms the irrefutable truth in the lordship of Jesus Christ. That in the end, God declares Jesus, this Redeemer, as you read it in context, Jesus, this Word of God, Jesus, this Almighty Savior, to be King of kings and Lord of lords. This is a picture which is painted in exact words. The words which show us the importance of God, even in the end, establishing, confirming, and declaring who is Lord and who will reign forever over everyone and everything. The Apostle Paul confirmed this lordship of Jesus Christ in his letter to the believers when he wrote to the church in Philippi. In Philippians, the second chapter in verse 9, the Apostle Paul says it like this, Therefore God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven, of those on earth, and those under the earth. There's nowhere you can escape the name of Jesus. It has been declared by God. And in verse 11 it says, and that every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And we've already read, by the way, that lordship is not just something you say. You remember our key verses? Not everyone that says, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but rather he which does the will of my Father, which is in heaven. And why do you call me Lord, he says, and then you do not obey me. You do not act like I am your Lord. You see, lordship is more than just a confession. And that's what the apostle Paul is talking about here. Even though every knee shall bow, bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ 
is Lord to the glory of God the Father, yet there, uh, there is more than just a confession. That's why verse 12 continues, therefore, the apostle Paul says, in conclusion of the fact that one day Jesus will be declared and confirmed the irrefutable Lord of Lord and King of kings and, and every knee shall bow and every tongue confess. For that reason, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not only as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. We should pay very cautious attention to the fact that Jesus is Lord and one day every knee will bow and every tongue confess. No matter what they may have believed or embraced or lived on planet earth, one day God will declare him to be king of kings and Lord of lords to rule forever over everything. Everyone shall acknowledge that. So seeing that that is coming down in our future, we may as well right now embrace our salvation and work it out with fear and trembling for it is God, verse 13 says, who works in you to will and do for his good pleasure. You see, God has a purpose in our life and he wants to work in us and through us to accomplish his will. And he has already declared that his will is to establish the lordship, the ultimate lordship of Jesus Christ. Sinners should be encouraged. Every sinner should be encouraged to make Jesus their savior. Every sinner. Encourage every sinner, every lost person. Encourage them to make Jesus Christ their Savior. But when you run into a Christian, when you encounter someone who is born again, there's no reason trying to get them saved, they're born again. At that point, we must encourage every saved person, every born-again believer to make Jesus the Lord of their life. You see, every sinner should make Jesus their Savior, but every saved person should make Jesus their Lord. It is, uh, it is something spoken of in the Bible as more than just a mere confession, more than just saying, I love Jesus, or, uh, or I'm following Jesus, or I'm, I'm doing what Jesus wants me to do, more than just a confession, it is rather a demonstrated commitment. You and I both know that through the ages and even today and no doubt into the future, many people claim to be followers of Christ, but yet their lives do not reflect it. Many people claim to be led by God. Many people even say, well, the Lord told me to do this, or the Lord wants me to do this, or this is what God says for me to do, or, or I'm following the Lord, or, or God said, but yet we know that, that that was not the voice of the God we know. It may have been the voice of a Lord, but not the Lord Jesus Christ. It may have been the voice of God, of a God, but not the God of the Bible. And many times people get things confused because the Lord, the current Lord of their life, the current voice of the God of their life is a voice of their own affection or a voice of their own interest or their desires or some other voice speaking to them other than the Word of God, which has been declared to be the King of kings and Lord of lords. Well-meaning and wonderful people often get confused believing God wants what they want, believing God is limited to what is in their best interest. You know, uh, show me someone who God has spoken to them and said this, sell everything you have and give it to the poor. Show me a person that, that God, that says, God told me to you know, deny myself, take up my cross and follow him. 
Show me a person who, who, uh, who God has spoken to them and, and has said to them, you know, uh, go the extra mile. Forgive again. Show me someone who God has spoken to them and, and has said to them, you know, uh, you don't work, you don't eat. And I will believe they have heard from the Lord. But show me someone whose God and the voice of God just always agrees with what they want, and I will show you someone that has not understood lordship because God does not always agree with us. No one is in the place where God will always agree with what you want. Okay? And so when we live in that arena of life, believing that the voice we are hearing is always the voice of God and do not judge what we are hearing by the word of God, then we are in great room and, and a great place of error in our life. And instead of the God of the Bible being the voice we're hearing, it may be the God of some other interest. You see, the word of the Lord, or excuse me, the, 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 yes, the, the word from God will always reflect the word of God. Always. And it's necessary that we understand that so that when we embrace, as a believer, when we embrace lordship, we are simply embracing what the word of God says as our final authority. And this is what we will do. To make Jesus our Lord and not something else our Lord, then we must embrace what Jesus said and not just what we want. Not be a favorite word person, but be a full word person. The word Lord can be found, Lord, L-O-R-D, the word Lord can be found 6,749 times in the Bible. Whoa, isn't that a neat? 6,749 times. Well, 687 of those times in the New Testament and more than 75 times in the book of Matthew alone. I think God is trying to establish a point. I think he's trying to establish that he is pretty interested in who the Lord is and making sure that you understand lordship, making sure that we know who he is talking about when he said God said. Hello, that's some good stuff. You don't just get that everywhere for free, you know. In, 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 the, in, in, in Matthew, for example, and all throughout the New Testament, those 687 times the word that Lord is mentioned in the New Testament, uh, uh, or it, it, it is a certain Greek word. The word Lord is translated the Greek word uh, uh, kurios. Okay? Curios is what I always say, but it actually, if you do the thing, it's, it's kurios, I guess. Uh, uh, and uh, forgive me for my pronunciation, okay? And it literally means uh, Lord, owner, supreme ruler, and master. It means to be owner. It means, no, God wants you to know who owns you. God wants you to know who the master is. God wants us to understand who the supreme ruler of our life is. God wants us to understand he is Lord. You know, 6,749 times he is Lord, master, supreme ruler, and owner. Matthew, the sixth chapter in verse 24, Jesus says this, no one can serve two masters. That's also the Greek word kurios for the word Lord. No one can serve two lords. No one can, he, he goes on to say, for either he will hate the one and love the other or else will be loyal to the one and despise the other. Uh, you cannot serve both God and money. <laughs> uh, there he's, he's juxtaposing money to God because many times, you know as I do, you know, money is not bad, by the way. We are admonished, however, to submit to the lordship of Jesus instead of the lordship of money. We are admonished to submit to the voice of the Lord through the word instead of the voice of money. And that's what Jesus is trying to 
get the people to understand is that, that uh, he does not want money or own personal interest to have control over our lives above his word. For example, he does not want us cheating on our income tax to get an extra $50 back. You know, that goes against his word even though it makes you money. Okay? Okay, if you're cheating on income tax, quit. Come under the lordship of Christ because Jesus talks to us about lying and cheating. Okay, all right. Good, good news, okay. You see, the devil has successfully used the promise of personal gain to move so many people away from obedience to God's word. Okay? And in each generation, including this one, it seems uh, to be popular to, uh, to hear the voice of God depending on what you think is in your best interest. 1 Timothy, the sixth chapter, in verse 10 says, For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, for which some, having strayed from faith, strayed from the faith in their greediness and, and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But you, O man of God, he says, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and gentleness. He's talking about doing something. He's talking about being a reflection of the word of God as we come under the lordship of Christ. He says, fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life, to which you were also called and have confessed a good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I urge you in the sight of God who gives life to all things and before Christ Jesus who also witnessed a good confession before Pontius Pilate that you keep this commandment without spot blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ appearing by the way he's going to appear which he will manifest in his own time who is the blessed and only potentate he is the potentate isn't that great <laughs> we have a potentate and the king of kings and he is the lord of lords here again he is just confirming that he is supreme ruler that he is established and before his appearing we need to get some things established in our life one of which is lordship and uh, it says in verse 16 who alone talking about jesus has immortality he dwells in unapproachable light whom no man hath seen or can see, to whom be honor and everlasting power. Amen. So be it. Let it be settled, is what he's saying. You see, the most important thing a Christian can do in this life is to commit their life to the lordship of Jesus Christ. He will be established and confirmed as the irrefutable Lord of all eternity. God is establishing Jesus as Lord forever. And it's important to God that we establish Jesus as the Lord of our life here in this life to reflect the image of God. Above everything else, we need to put his word as a sign, as a test, as a standard as to whether or not we are submitted to the lordship of Christ. And where we find that we stray or err from his lordship, we need repent and just move back under his lordship. There is no right to be wrong. I don't know how else to say that. Let me say that that way, okay? Let me uh, give you now our important points for tonight, okay? Uh, under the subject of lordship, the first important point is this. Our first step to becoming a responsible Christian is to begin submitting every area of our life to the lordship of Jesus. This includes our time, our talent, and our treasury, okay? every area of life under his lordship. That means he gets to decide. Why? Because he owns me. He bought me with a price, his own blood. I was on my way to hell. I could, I could have went to hell if I wanted to and never bothered with him being my lord. I decided I wanted to go to heaven. It required me getting saved by his blood, and it required me allowing him to ransom me and purchase me by his own death. 
Therefore, I am bought with a price, the apostle Paul told us. Okay? I'm not my own. I'm bought with a price. He is my owner, my master, my Lord, and he intends on me making more than a mere confession, but rather a demonstration of my commitment to his lordship. That's the first step every believer needs to take. Come under his lordship in every area, in my marriage, in ministry, in my approach to life, in our time, our talent, and our treasury. Number two, lordship is not determined by what we say, but rather revealed by what we do. Okay? Lordship is not determined by what you say, but rather lordship is revealed by what you do. Number three, the third important point, be cautious when motivated by thoughts of personal interest or personal gain. We need to be very cautious whenever we are motivated by money or by personal interest, okay? By personal gain. Uh, you know, the devil uses uh, money, entertainment, fun, you know, all kinds of things to entice and tempt us. And he's trying to draw us away from the Word of God, trying to draw us away from the Lordship of Christ. And certainly we hear voices saying, why not have fun? Why not, you know, uh, go for it? Why not? Well, why not is because God said. It's the same voice that Eve heard in the garden. It was not the voice of God. And the voice said to her, you know, God knows that it's going to be better for you if you do that. And she looked at it, and she desired it, and she wanted it. She thought it'd make her wise, and so she went ahead and went for it, following the voice. Okay? The voice which ultimately did become her God. You see, because whoever controls you, whoever you ultimately submit to, is the current voice of your current Lord. Make it Jesus. Be cautious. Verse, or excuse me, important point number four, whoever or whatever currently controls you is your Lord and you their servant. Okay? Whoever controls you is Lord and you are the servant of whatever you will not do without. For me, the only thing I know of that I would not do without, the last thing that I would let go of is a relationship with God. Amen? It's called lordship. And point number five, every knee shall one day bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. We shall all do it one day. Why not make that today? It makes life go better. Okay? Jesus is Lord. Submit to his Lordship. How do you know that you're saved? How do you know for certain if you died, you'd go to heaven? Pray this prayer with me and you can know that if you died, you'd go to heaven. Lord Jesus, I realize that I've sinned against you, but I'm willing to repent. I choose to turn away from being a sinner. And right this moment, I open the door of my heart and I take you, Lord Jesus, into my heart, into my life to be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus, for coming into my heart and saving me today. Now, if you prayed that prayer, we want to help you get started in your Christian life. I would like to send you a letter. We'll send you some other information so that you will be able to grow as a Christian and learn how to share Christ with others. Remember the three R's, realize, repent, and receive. Please contact us by writing to us, calling us, or emailing us so that we'll be able to communicate with you and have a relationship with you. Find a real Bible-believing, worshiping church. Unite with that church so you'll have a pastor. But stay in contact with us so we'll be able to help you along in your Christian life. Remember, call us, 
email us or write to us so we can help you get started in your Christian life. God has great things for you.